everybody i hope everybody had an absolutely wonderful weekend we got a lot of well a little lot kind of it came in burst of snow today and it was really really nice 
Yes, and Suski, uh, send us a link to that because I heard about the Mamari um, tonight with Tori Says, and I'm actually looking forward to seeing that. Well, anyways, guys, this is Kilted Christian episode 506, and we've got we've got Dave Gribble and we've got Moonwolf. You guys know Dave Gribble is a uh, footloose. We've got both of them in the studio tonight. We're going to have a great conversation. Matter of fact, we were having a great pre-show conversation. And guess what it was about? It was about God. That's right. Our favorite topic of all. Guys, Kilted Christian episode 506, Dave Gribble and Moonwolf. Let's get to it. We are many nations around the world, comprised of many cultures, but we stand together in a battle between good and evil. We're the seekers of wisdom, the bringers of truth, the hands of heaven, and the voices of reason. As the world tries to divide us by our differences, we only grow stronger as we are bound together as the children of God. And before we bring our guests in this evening, uh, first off, make sure if you did not go check out... Um, Jay Wu's show every Monday night, guys. Don't go forget to go check that out after this one right here. Once it is published, we're going to be helping him get his little intro set up here soon enough. And I'm excited about that. Also, uh, a big shout out and thank you to Gosh Josh. Um, he recommended a movie to us that we watched this weekend. It was called The Blind. And The Blind was about the life of uh, Phil Robertson from the Duck Dynasty. And uh, from he, when he was a child all the way up to today. And how he went and had his major downfall and then what brought him back to God in an amazing way. And it was a very well done, high budgeted, um, really great acting. I highly recommend this movie. Once again, it's called The Blind, as in The Duck Blind. Absolutely phenomenal. So we'll go ahead and uh, say hello to the guest tonight. Livin is um, hanging out in the other room, giving us a little bit of room in this studio. Who We got uh, both guests sharing the mic tonight. So we'll say hello. First off, Moonwolf, how are you doing tonight, Nathan? I'm doing well. How's everybody doing tonight? I think everyone is doing great. I think, you know, some of the, maybe the the people in the north and the east are dealing with a little bit of snow. Like I said, we, we got a dusting. It was still exciting, though, because this was technically our first snow in Kentucky. It was so. crazy. I'd come here, and I'm like, man, it's pump coming down hard. And I take a nap. I wake up. It's sunshine and blue. And then five seconds later, is again pouring down with hail and sleet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, there's still then it, it snowed a little bit again after the sun went down. So that's kind of still on our lawn at the moment. It'll be gone in the morning. But it doesn't take much to excite me at this point because you guys <laughs> know where I just came from, Texas. And when we saw snow last time, it was like snowmageddon and, and uh, the winter <laughs> blizzard, you know, yeah, so froze up. And everything right? froze solid. Trees were falling over on houses <laughs> like it was a mess. Um, Fortunately, we got some nice trees here, but they're not over our house. So this is kind of a bonus here we'll go ahead and say hello to dave gribble dave gribble um for you don't know i think many of you met him at bards fest um for those of you who don't recognize the name he had the black dog for some reason everybody remembers the dog so we don't remember the people black dog. the black dog dave how are you doing brother doing great man glad to be here you know it's uh blessed to be getting to share some time with you guys you know oh absolutely and you know it's kind of cool that every now and then we get to have people come straight over into the studio and it was awesome that when we moved here to Flemingsburg, um, we had uh, a, multiple people that listened to um, Bards FM and Kilted Christian. So it was kind of neat to come here and meet people that were part of our extended family that already lived in this little area that we live in now, man. And um, Dave is, is an amazing person, great soul. Um, if you haven't met him, I hope that you get to meet him at some point because you're missing out. Like I said, it's, he's a genuine person. And just seeing him kind of brings a smile to your face. You know what I'm saying? He's just one of those, like, truly, we were talking about this earlier. You know, it's not by the words that you say, it's by the fruits that you bear. When people 
follow Christ, you should be able, they should be able to see Christ in you. And um, Dave is one of those people without question that when you come across him, you can see Jesus within you. Absolutely. And I have to say the story of how Dave and I met is one of those God stories too. So I can't wait to share that with the rest of the people in the chat on how Dave and I actually came Oh, so share it now, right? yeah, man. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So we got an hour and a half. <laughs> some of you know, I came here ahead of Duncan to watch over the property while he was still in Texas getting things moved on. And I noticed that I was starting to become very active in a uh, a company that has been an integral part of this community for a long time. So, as I was working for that guy, we became very close, and he's kind of had me come out to some of the events. Well, one day he had invited me on a weekend event for this thing called Antler Builder. And as I was there, I just started talking about um, bards a little bit. And I was talking about Kilted Christian. And I started talking about the thing that we're going to get into, the infinite banking system. And Dave's sitting there looking at me like, I do that. And he's like, I know bards. I'm like, really? How does this, this small little town? And I wasn't even supposed to be here on the weekend. So it was just another sign after a long list of signs that God meant for me to be here. And I was meant to meet this gentleman right beside me. Yep. Amen. Yeah, no, I remember because Adam, yep. who's, who's uh, the head of the, the business, family business, been around here generations. And um, and he said, you got to meet this guy because I he was one of the first guys I met. And I had been, you know, going down, trying to lead him <laughs> to the, the opening of the rabbit hole, at least. And, and you know, get him. Let him peer in a little bit. Further. Yeah, <laughs> see if I get him interested. And he's a good guy, and he's he's definitely sees what's going on. But he was like, "You got to meet this guy. He's 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 like you." And then yeah, he's, we started talking, and it was like, "What you know, Bards and Celtic so, Christian?" And then you're like, he, "And he's he's actually moving here." Yep, and he was uh, he was a firefighter. I found out Dave here was a volunteer firefighter, very active in the community. He tried to get the community prepped in that whole county by county model yeah. that we were trying to go for before. I think even Barge became big with it. He was already trying to help the community. So that led me to talking with him more. And then when we went to Barge Fest, it was amazing when it came here because we oh, got to all see amazing. the family together and um, see how we all interacted and get to meet the dog too. And <laughs> <laughs> Got to have a dog. Well, you know, because the thing is, is that, you know, getting a parallel economy, that's when I came here from Colorado. I moved here. We moved here in 2020, December 2020. We sold our house, put it on the market in Colorado Springs, where I grew up um, my whole life. <clears throat> and right before the election, right, the 2000, the famous 2020 election, <laughs> put it on the market. I just was like, you know, the Lord had, I, I never, ever thought I would leave Colorado Springs. Uh, Colorado is a beautiful state, but, you know, the Lord works in crazy ways. And he just turned my heart and I'd come to Kentucky of all places, I mean, people ask me all the time, why Kentucky? And it's like, I don't know, the Holy Spirit, that's why. Because he he said, come here. Mm -hmm. And we found a house, and it just, everything happened, fell in, fell into place, sold our house, bought this house it, within like 45 days. That's amazing. And then we moved out December of 2020. Um, and right after we got here, a huge ice storm. So I've never been in an ice storm before. Yeah, right. <laughs> Colorado doesn't produce much ice. You all know that. <laughs> not ice. We get a lot of snow, but yeah. not rain, ice. It's okay. just a sheet of, yeah. you know, one inch of solid ice. Yes. It's crazy. 
I, I love snow, but ice, nah, that's, you know. It's a different story because you can't see it. You can't yeah. see it and you can't drive on that. And I don't care what you got on your <laughs> truck, you know. I mean, so anyways, it was, yeah, it was amazing to, to have it all fall into place and, you know, find brothers in arms right here in I, little, little Flemingsburg. I know, it's amazing. I'm still, like I said, because the way that God pulled us up here and the way that everything worked out and then literally like right yeah. after we purchased the house where kind of talking about it on the show and then uh matt and have are like really kentucky what part of kentucky and i was like flemingsburg you're like no way we live in flemingsburg and i'm just i mean like what are the odds of this you know so it was just it was god just um literally handing me sign after sign that we came to the right place yeah everyone here you know one of the greatest things literally one of the greatest things about this place is um you know, where I came from, even in Texas, you know, you would say, God bless you. Cause that's my thing. You know, when I'm, when I'm leaving someone, I'm like, God bless you. When I hang up the phone, I'm like, God bless you. And they're just like, thank you. Have a good day or, or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. But here it's like, they say, God bless you back. And they get all excited that you said, God bless you to them. You know what I mean? Cause it's, it's a true, sincere Christian community. Um, your grumpiest person is still not very grumpy. You no. can't go to a fast food or anywhere without having a 10 minute conversation with the people in the window or at the, 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 the checkout line. Um, everyone around here is just, you know, just, salt of the earth. Yeah. Salt of the earth. Exactly. I mean, real, just good, genuine family, God loving people. hundred percent, you know, and we definitely, you know, there's not a day that I've been here that I haven't one just remotely just been so thankful that this is where we are. No regrets whatsoever. I have a new reason every day to love this this place. Um, love the house, you know, um, the, like the people. It's just, it was a godsend. And, and I feel um, that part of moving here was, you know, meeting all these peoples that were kind of developing a prayer center. Yeah. I mean, kind of center, you know, I mean, as far as the <laughs> United States is concerned, you know, Texas is fairly centralized. Right. Or not Texas. I said Texas again. Kentucky, <laughs> I would say in Michigan and Texas, and true central. I was gonna say, right. yeah, that's true. We're in the east. I, I, keep, I, just, I, I just drove back to to Colorado last week, and it we definitely aren't in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> we're close. Sure. We're very close. We're, we are we're close. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, this is where roughly when the next big eclipse, the kind of the the second part of the X eclipse that's going to happen over the United States, is going to be just due west of Kentucky. Um, you know, so we're we're kind of right almost in yeah, the center of that it. um that's next year actually that is um next spring wow is when that one comes through 2024 it's gonna be crazy yeah it's going to yeah 2024 <laughs> is gonna be crazy it's gonna be gonna be interesting i know i just is there any way that we can like i, I don't know i i don't like 2023 <laughs> i'm ready to get out of it but i'm also kind of like what's 2024 gonna bring uh, um, <laughs> hopefully it brings uh jesus and sweeping <laughs> yeah. us all up you know amen but while we're here, we got to keep working, That's keep it. working, and uh, keep oh, learning, man. and teaching the good word, and helping each other, each other out as brothers and sisters in Christ. Right? Amen. You know, and, and people, of the Lord, man, it's that's the way to go. And we're seeing uh, more and more people step up. And matter of fact, a uh, brother, Deuce Sprinklers, is here. I hope my phone called him. Hey, he got busy this weekend. Um, he's doing. He's going to be. We're going to be working on getting him a show set up. There's so many people now that are starting shows, and and why. It's because the importance right now, God doesn't want us sitting on our hands and doing nothing. The very least we can do is spread information. You know, we were discussing earlier, um, you know, during the pre-show chat out in the living room um, about how a lot of people that do podcasts, 
they hoard information. They, they hoard the ability to do podcasts because they don't want quote competition. Yeah. And we're not in a, in a situation now where it's about competition. This isn't competition. This is about getting the word out and God doesn't care who does it best. Right. God cares that the word Just gets out, it. you know, and, and, you know, so sharing what, you know, helping other people, you know, build their platforms, be able to have a place to express their opinions, their scriptural knowledge and so forth is so important. Like I said, do I get upset if people prefer to listen to another scriptural show or, or Christian based show? Absolutely not because they're getting what they need. And we all speak the different way to different people. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. Not a competition. We're on the same tide, the same team doing everything that we possibly can to get not only the gospel out, but right now the information of what's happening in this world, in world yeah. um, you know, so whether, whether they're Christians or not, we should all be like, cool, another platform pushing truth. Yeah. Not, not like, oh, great. They're going to take my money. It's, you know, well, they're going to take my listeners or, you know, the, the problem is the world in that world, you know, the world economy that we get trapped into, right? That we've been programmed into is, a, is an economy of scarcity. Yeah. And that's what the world's becoming. Everybody's, it's like, you know, scarcity and there's a limited amount. It's like, that's not God's economy. No. God's not. economy is unlimited, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, it's abundance. Yeah. Creation, he created us, he created the world. It's mm -hmm. about creating value to spread to the world. That's what it, yeah, he didn't say store your treasures in your wallet. No, no. I think he said something about store your treasures in the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> That's right. You know, he also gave plenty of parables about using the talents that he has given you to to increase, not just to hoard away like that one bad, um, what was it, steward of the, the talents? Yeah, he's buried it. No, he wants us to use our talents to help called each other out. Wicked. He called him a servant. wicked servant. So as yeah. Christians, we're supposed to find out what our talents are in a symbolic sense and use that. To help each other out and build the kingdom and i yeah. think that's what we're here to do everybody has different talents duncan um just a few days ago you went to go help that woman out because you had the talent to do so you came together and everybody has different knowledges which is why we try to explore that gift and hone it to where we can be better service to the rest of the world and that's why i'm a forester I like, i'm really good at looking at the the ecology of things and how they come together in a chain and as a web to know how one thing affects another. And there's some people that might not know that, some people more financial savvy, like Dave here. Dave, what do you do for a living? Please tell us. Well, you know what? I, I want to touch on what you're saying there first, um, you know, because it's just like the Bible says, the, the body of Christ, mm -hmm. right? We all make up different parts. We do. And and it's important to, to, and no part's greater than another. Every part has to be there for the body to work. And... And it's, so it's important to embrace the skills that God's given you and, and, you know, and own them, you know, and, and, and do the best you can with what talents you have. It doesn't matter if, you know, in, if it's sweeping the floors or, or building the buildings, you know, or we're leading the worship or whatever it is. I mean, we're all important. So, um, well, what I do is <clears throat> it's, it's, you know, I, well, I'll start, I'll go back. Let me, let me go back to the kind of the beginning. And, you know, I, I was in the Air Force, um, got out of the Air Force, um, got a little crazy in my life, um, always was raised to work hard, 
So, you know, I was raised in a, a middle income family, so I was not of, you know, I didn't want for anything. I had good loving parents. In fact, the only reason I'm probably alive is because I had <laughs> praying parents, right? So all those, all you out there that have um, prodigal sons or daughters, it's all about praying for them. They, you know, it's because I was that that was me. I was the prodigal son. Um, and anyways, then I went through, uh, I, I've always kind of, I was raised, I, you know, as an entrepreneur when I was a kid, I had a lawn mowing business. I had a, you know, I, how many of you guys remember this, a paper route? Oh, wow. Oh, I remember those. You know, yeah. I mean, the kids used to do those. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had my two little bags and I'd go out in the middle, you know, like your little before. BMX. Yeah. A little BMX <laughs> bike. And I put my bags over, you know, the, the paper bags over the handlebars and I'd go up and down the block and, and, and that was, you know, the cool thing about the, being a paper boy was you actually had to buy the papers mm -hmm. at wholesale, mm -hmm. right? And then you sold them to your customers at retail and you went and collected, you had to go collect the money and then you got to keep the profit. Yeah. So it taught you how to run a business. Yes. It was absolutely. awesome. You know, and, and, and that's gone away. It's unfortunate, but, but I also, you know, shoveled walks. Anyways, I always pretty much worked for myself. And then when I went in the Air Force... Uh, I, I, you know, it's funny because I had to get away from my dad, who was a colonel, um, <laughs> and we butted heads really big time growing up. I was the youngest of three. And so what do I do? I joined the military to get away from my colonel dad. I, I really, you know, I, I guess you could say I wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed and still still not. But anyways, um, so I. I I, when I got out of the Air Force, came back, started a wood business. So I, I started, you know, got a pickup truck and chainsaw and oh, wow. started selling firewood. Colorado, that was a pretty good business. Um, that's when I met my wife while I was doing that. And then I went into construction. You know, I drove trucks. I was um, hardworking. You know, I always thought that it was, you know, work harder, not s smarter. Yeah, because <laughs> yes. I because I was strong and, and I could do that stuff and I was good at it and I made pretty good money, you know, it took care of me. But then, you know, I got hurt Oh yeah, and screwed up my back and and then um, had to figure out another occupation. Well, I, I you know, at that point, I, well, it's, what happened was I met a guy in a bar. <laughs> this isn't a joke. Um, it was a preacher. It was a Dave. And a <laughs> yeah. So I met this guy in a bar and he turns me on to insurance, life insurance sales. And basically I was selling insurance to GIs. So it was, he showed me a quick little demonstration, you know, Hey, if you had SGLI insurance, all you guys have been in the military, know what that is, which I had been in the military. So I knew what it was. I'm like, yeah, it's like four bucks a month. And he goes, yeah, for five bucks a month, We'll give you double that protection. Plus, we'll put forty thousand on your wife and five thousand on all your kids, right? And I'm like, never enter. Yeah, I'm like, that's who wouldn't buy that? He's like, okay, that's about how long the presentation took. And he goes, so how many times do you think you could do that? And Dan, I'm like, like twenty, thirty, four. I don't know. I mean, and he's like, everybody's gonna buy it. And I'm like, yeah. And and he's like, okay, what if I told you, I'll pay you, uh, you collect ten dollars two months, right? It's five dollars a month when they bought it. I collect $10. He goes, and I'll give you a hundred bucks for everyone you sell. And I was like, what? You gotta be kidding me. You gonna give me a hundred? How, how does that work? I only collect 10. You know, I know how business works. I'm collecting 10. How do you, how can you afford to give me a hundred? There's something wrong with this, right? I, I didn't, I didn't believe it. So I went to my dad, um, asked him about it. The company was called, um, Armed Forces Benefit Association. 
and they only sold term insurance to GIs. And, and he goes, I was like, man, this guy's telling me about this business. Sounds almost too good to be true. You know, cause I'm thinking, I'm still got those numbers in my head. I could do this 10 times a day at hundred dollars a day. I'm making a thousand dollars a day. I mean, I don't make that, you know, back then yeah, in the, in the late eighties, I wasn't making that, you know, work in construction. So, so anyways, I tell that to my dad and he's like, wow, he goes, actually, I got a policy with him. I'm like, really? He's like, so it's legit. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's, it's a real deal. You know, I'm like, okay. So I went back to this guy. He's like, what do I got to do? He's like, well, you got to cut your hair, <laughs> shave your beard, put on a, uh, you know, get a sport coat and a tie, and then, you know, go to the state and get your license to sell life insurance. And so, man, I, I did it. I came back and, and, uh, started selling life insurance. So long story short, there was, then I met other people in the life insurance business and they, I, I kept upgrading, right? Because they would teach me something about better insurance and I'd go, okay. Um, you know, I want, I want that. I can't sell this. I thought I had the best, but now you're showing me something better. So I want what you got because I want to sell that. So I ended up eventually at a company uh, in 1989, I think it was. Um, so I've been in the business a long time. And uh, it was a mutual life insurance carrier. And they, they brought me in and said, look, and they, sh and they ran a policy, a, a mutual whole life contract, right? And I was selling these term and universal life policies with a B-rated company. Um, and they, they showed me a policy that, and, and ran the numbers. And I'm like, again, it was one of those, you're doing something. You're playing with the numbers. There's no way you could have this much cash in this policy. Yeah. How are you doing this? And they're like, no, come down to the office. We'll show you. You know, so they, as soon as I saw it, once again, I mean, because I don't, thing is, is while I, I'm in sales, quote, um, I've never been a salesman, right? I don't sell things. I just tell people. It's kind of like sharing Christ. Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, they they you know, end up going, I want that. Exactly. Yeah. You just tell them, you know, the story and then they want it. So you're not trying to give something to somebody that they don't need. You want them to see if it fits their life. And if they need it, then they can talk to you. Yeah. yeah and it's yeah. just like, and, well, let me show you what it is, what it does. I mean, what do you think? Oh, I like it. I'll take it. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, I'm definitely don't pressure people. I'm not that, you know, weird sales technique things that they try and teach in the mm -hmm. industry because they, they <laughs> tried to teach all that. So anyways, at that point, I come into this business mutual company and they're like all about, well, you've got to, you know, okay, you're, you're an insurance comp agent and this way all the agents are today, but you need to get into investments and financial planning. And I'm like, okay. So I did all that. I got all my licenses to sell securities, started getting into financial planning, worked my way up to where I was a registered investment advisor. So I charged a fee for planning. Um, and through that process, you know, kind of forgot my, what I first fell in love with, which was the life insurance. Even though it was a part of the plan, they actually, at that point, were pushing what was called variable universal life. Mm. And it's, I, and it was like the next best thing, right? So you had mutual funds with a life insurance wrapper around it. So it's like by term invested difference, you get the market rate of return with life insurance, tax-free access, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and so I started doing that and it, it just, um, 
you know, went great. But then I was in the business long enough to where I went through a couple crashes, crash of, uh, in the 90s, and we had a crash in 2000. And I'm looking at the numbers for my clients, and I'm going, you know, this isn't working. Yeah, it's not helping the clients at all. I, well, it's, it's the promises I made them and the calculations that I did all, everything the way I was trained. You know, we got the financial calculators, we got all the software running all the numbers. Yeah, if you get 7% and you do this for the rest of your life, you're going to have X millions of dollars when you get to retirement and, you know, you'll be set. Well, I'm looking at it going, you know, going back through their files going, they're not on track, but they're getting, they're getting the numbers. Supposedly they're actually doing better. Hmm. You know, the rate of return that I'm, is on the statements looks better than what we even projected, but they're not on track. And I started really getting disheartened. I started not believing in it. I didn't like it. And um, it came a point in the, in the business where I actually walked away. I gave it all up. It, I, that was actually through a much longer process because we ended up breaking off some guys. We partnered up, started a, a financial planning firm. So we had one of the premier financial planning firms in Colorado Springs at our own building. You know, we were, I mean, we were hosting parties and I left for lots of reasons, but a big part of the reason was like, I didn't believe in what I was doing. I, I couldn't, I, I didn't even want to go into the office. You know, I was making great money and I just, I couldn't sit across the table from people and go, you need to do this. Yeah. Because I was, I had been sold into the, to the industry. Yes. Wall Street, right? The lies. I bought all the lies and I'm, I'm telling these lies to my clients. And, and I was just like, you know, I didn't know they were lies. But then once I realized that wasn't true, I, I can't do this. I'm like, I'm done. So I walked away. I literally walked away. And the, part of the reason I walked away was because of what was going on, other things in the firm. But. I ended up walking away and gave up my shares, everything. Just said, you can have it. I don't want anything to do with it. I'm out. Just take my name off of everything. I don't want no debts. You know, I just want a free. You want I just, your integrity. I, want, I always want to cut the, cut the cord and get out. Yeah. Clean. I don't want no attachments, nothing. <laughs> just let me out. And so I left the industry for about five years, uh, got into a medical business. We started, I helped a friend start a medical business, did pretty good with that. And then long story short, ended up coming that business sold, ended up coming back. You know, I'm like, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm in my forties, I guess at that time. And I'm going, now what, you know, what, <laughs> you know, I don't have enough money to retire. I'm not ready for that. I go, what am I going to do with my life? So I go back into the financial world and it thinking, eh, maybe it's, I don't know what I was thinking, but I still have all my license. I guess it was easy. I get in there and right away I'm like, oh, this is even worse than it was. I can't do this. I mean, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have any success is a big thing. I wouldn't, you know, I just was not, um, couldn't do it. So then that led me to the path of, you know, what am I going to do? Started searching, reading, why isn't this system working? And that's when I came across the infinite banking concept. And once I discovered that and started going down that rabbit hole, because that's where the, the, there's a lot of advisors in that space that teach and and show the lies they they shine the light on the lies of the industry right yeah. and that's when i was like yes 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 this is it there you know now i understand i get it i mean i was a financial advisor i didn't get it right and there's so many out there today that 
don't get it. They don't know. They think they're doing good stuff. Kind of like Dan, Dave Ramsey type saying all these little tricks to get wealthy. and. Well, no, I mean, Dave Ramsey's he's got a lot of, you know, he does a lot of good work, actually. He's he doesn't like what I do. He thinks it's a, a rip off. So I disagree with him on that. But he's for a, a very niche group of people who are in debt, living over their means. You know, I don't agree with a lot of some of his techniques, but I mean, he's got some good stuff and he helps a lot of people. So it's even worse than that. It's it's your typical Raymond James guy or your, you know, the the guys that are down there selling um, mutual funds, Wall Street, doing financial planning yeah. that still are selling all the industry lies. And and it's it's about the truth. Right. And that's what kind of led you to the history of the Babylonian system, right? You were, you were bringing some books in us pre-show and talking about the, the history of it all. Right. I mean, it's, well, if you go back, I mean, that that's what led me down the path to looking at um, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that was one of the first books I started digging into and I'm realizing, okay, we're in a system where we can't win, right? Yes. We're, we're pawns in a game that they're controlling. Mm. How do we get out of that? And that's when I started going down, reading books uh, like, you know, what would the Rockefellers do? Killing sacred cows. There's a whole list of great books. Be happy to, to share a list with anybody who wants them that I would highly recommend. So, but if you look at financial planning, they, when you go in and talk to them, right, they got all these, you know, put money in the market, do this, do that, whatever it is, but they don't teach the most important things. Financial planning, you know, it's like, you guys have probably heard of the, the acronym KISS. Keep it right? simple, stupid, yes. Keep it simple, stupid. I mean, that works for me, right? Um, because what you wanna do is is you wanna start with, and, and, and one of the books I shared with you was The Richest Man in Babylon, all right? Because, you know, at the same time, that's when I got into Robert Kiyosaki, right? Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read him as a kid, very good, very good author. Yep. Um, Richest Man in Babylon was a book that came out in the 1920s, I think. You can buy it. You can buy used copies on eBay, I think, for three, four bucks. Um, if you haven't read it, it's how to live life, right? I mean, because the problem with for most people with financial planning, and, and the fact is 90% of the people out there aren't going to retire with enough money to survive. That's just, you know, and, and, the, and the, another fallacy is, retirement in and of itself. I don't believe in retirement. Personally, I, I used to sell. That's what I sold, right? Mm -hmm. Is how are we going to get you to a point where you can retire? And think about the madness of that. You're going to work for 35 years and then you plan on retiring at 65 and living another 30 years on what you built. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. I'd, I'd get bored. There's no retirement well, in my future. My, my mom hates it. You know, because she doesn't, she's so used to... It'll kill you. Yeah, exactly. Like, you got to keep the brain moving and so forth. And like, you know, how many people can afford a retirement where they're just paying their bills, much less being able to enjoy that time off and right. go to vacation? And you just, you can't, not anymore, especially. And no, because... How much knowledge we lose from losing that person in the workforce who's been there, done that, who has the experience of decades before us. Well, when you find out how the system works, right? That's where retirement came from. The 1960s, after the war, they had the baby boomers, mm -hmm. right? The companies, they needed to move the older people out. They're becoming more expensive on their insurance. 
So they created retirement. Yeah. It's only been around the whole concept of that. It, I'll tell you what, show me in the Bible where it says anything about retirement. I don't remember Jesus saying anything about yeah, it. That's yeah. for sure. word, the word retirement no. is nowhere to be found. In the no, Bible. no. It says, you know, so and, and actually look up the definition of retirement. You know what the definition of retirement no. is? To take out of service. Oh, wow. I don't want to ever be taken out of service. I don't want to be taken out of service. No. I don't know too many people that do, but that's what they're, what's your goal in life? I want to retire someday. You want to be taken out of service? I mean, words mean things, right? Very I mean, they have so. a meaning. And and most people don't understand the meaning of the, the words that they actually repeat, right? So financial planning is really simple, right? You want to, you, you want the... The first thing I'll give you the, the the single best investment, hands down, that you can invest in. Number one investment that you should be putting up, putting focusing on right now. I want to guess education. Education, it, it's not not in the traditional sense, but learning learning. Things. Invest in yourself. Yourself. Yeah. You're the greatest asset you have, right? People, you know, they they're sitting there going, I, I have clients call and go, Hey, look, I want to put away you know thousand dollars a month for X amount, whatever, whatever the number is, right? And it's like, and they're in a job that's paying them 60, 70, 80,000, whatever, 100, doesn't matter. And it's like, you know, have you ever thought about investing a little bit of time and effort into increasing the value you have for your business, whether it's your business or someone else's, becoming more valuable to them and increasing your income? Now you can put away 2,000. Yeah. yeah, but see the problem is there's there's a rule in, in in Nelson Nash's book Becoming Your Own Banker he talks about Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law, if for those who are familiar with it, he's probably most famous for if you give somebody it's it's about time, right? So if I give somebody three days to do a job, how long is it going to take? Three days. If I give them thirty days to do the same job, how long is it going to take? They're going to wait thirty days to do it. They're going to wait to the last day and they're going to get it done, right? So that's Parkinson's law. We time takes you know the time given is the time you're going to take i've yeah. seen that over and over again in college class reports when they were due and see i was the exact opposite of that <laughs> they're like you got 30 days and i'm like i'm going to get it out of the way yeah see that's rare yeah parkinson's law i mean there's a look it up so the other thing that parkinson said was that anything that is once uh, a luxury you know once a luxury will become a necessity like a luxury once enjoyed, right? Well, a yeah, Heard a luxury before, yeah. once enjoyed will become a necessity. Think about it. I, I remember my first car didn't have AC. It had an AM, FM radio with roll-up windows, right? Power windows, I got to have power windows. I got to now have heated seats, heated <laughs> steering wheel, man. I got to have, you know, you can't buy a car without AC. So to beat Parkinson's law, because here's what everybody does in the world. So as, as your number one investment, you being the best investment, the first thing you got to do in, in the richest man in Babylon, the first rule he has for, I think he calls it fixing a lean purse. It's a great story because it's told, and this is one for if you have kids, you got to get it in kids' hands because it teaches them the laws of finance and money in a story form about a guy in Babylon and he wants to get rich, right? So there's a section in there about how to fix a lean purse. So the, this, this poor guy is talking to a rich guy going, hey, teach me how, how you got your money. And the number one rule in, in fixing a lean purse is pay yourself first. 
I've heard that before, yes. It's a simple rule, yeah. right? But nobody does it. Almost nobody does it, right? We get our paycheck, it goes into our bank account. We spend, 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 pay the bills, pay the bills. And then we, we go and see what's left at the end of the month. And, and that's what we're going to save. Well, guess what? There's never anything left at the end of the month. No. <laughs> there's, a, there's usually too much month for, you know, for the money. So um, you've got to learn. Okay, so as a Christian, I'm a believer and you pay God first. So it, he doesn't talk about that in the book. But for me, I tithe. When I got that in my life, that turned things around huge. Because the Lord has taken care of me in miraculous ways Always. that are beyond I've seen yeah, so many yeah. ex examples of that. And I don't even question Well, you know, when God's like, look, I know you think you don't have the, <laughs> the, you can't afford to help this person, but I'm asking you to. Yeah. He, at very least, make sure that what I need to get covered is covered every single every time. time. Everything you need. And yeah. he doesn't promise us, you know, everything we want. No, he, he gives you what you need. need. Absolutely. Yeah. And so tithe first, right? And then second, pay yourself second and set it aside. Get it out of that account. It's and, and seeing again, one of the things that a confusion or a, um, a partial, you know, a, a lie a is savings and investment. You know, I'll ask people, how much money you got in savings? Well, I got, you know, 250,000 in my 401k. It's like, well, that's great. How much you got in savings? <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I got the, that's my savings. It's like, no. That's investing. How much you got in savings? I, I, you know, I got a couple hundred bucks. You know, most people don't have, I mean, I can't remember the, the exact, exact statistic, but most people don't have two months bills in their, in their bank. Yeah. So if you lose your job, you're done. Yeah. And, and your 401k isn't going to help you because you can't get the money out. Right. So pay yourself first. The next thing, is spend less than you make. Well, oh, that's genius. Yeah, yeah. That's a, hard <laughs> that's a good start. With inflation, though, right? Well, yeah. well, you know, well, we can talk about inflation too. I mean, where that comes from, but that's, um, but the, you got to do it. Yeah. Right. The next thing you got to do is you got to. So if you, if you're gonna live on less than you take bring in, you got to know what what you're spending. People don't track what they spend. No. Right? Can you run a business and not know what your expenses are? Yeah. No. Absolutely not. The average person can't even, you know, go through and go, what does it cost you every month to pay your basic necessities? That's probably why a lot of businesses fail. That's why a lot of businesses fail, because even business owners don't do it. Mm. Right? They just bring the money in, they spend, it goes in and out, in and out, and they don't pay attention because we're too busy. Right? Invest in yourself, invest in your business, invest in paying attention to what's going on in your life. Um, mm. You know, the next thing is put your money to work, right? You've, you've got to, at some point, and that's through savings, and that's where, you know, the, the infinite banking concept can come in because that's a great place to start storing wealth. It's not an investment. It is savings. Yeah. All right? See, a lot of people get it confused, and they go... Well, you can lose investments. You Exactly. Yeah. You can't lose this because it's a guaranteed amount. It has right? a guaranteed minimum rate of return. It's guaranteed. It's the safest place you can store cash, period. Safer than a bank. Banks store cash in them. Um, and the reason being is because in a bank, they're working on the, um, you know, the, the 
uh, fractional reserve banking, which means when I put in a thousand dollars or ten thousand or a hundred thousand, they can then take that money and lend it out. The money's not in the bank. Yeah, your money is not in the bank. Okay, so I just saw a report. Well, we lost six banks here over the last year. Yeah, just the last year. Just the last year. There's more on the verge of falling. 168. Yeah, I just saw a study that 168 yep. are on the verge of going under. So if you got money in the bank, you shouldn't have more than you know very short term daily living money. That's you know that's why you got to know how much you spend a month. Yep. Right, because I keep that in the bank. That's what I'm going to spend daily. Pay my bills. Pay the mortgage. Pay whatever. Entertainment. Everything I live, everything else goes into a, a separate account where it's, I can't get to it easily, right? Because if I can easily get to it, you know, because you got the banks, right? How many people have, well, I have a checking and a savings. Okay. So how hard is it to go online and transfer Change. the money from your savings? Yeah, over exactly. Your checking? <laughs> how often do you do it? <laughs> Every time you need some extra money and you're, you know, so it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. I don't even have a savings anymore because that very reason is like, why, why even bother doing that extra transfer? That's why I turned, when I started doing the infinite banking system, that is my savings. Yes. So, and it, it and it's liquid, right? So you can use it. I can so, use it. So it's savings. And the, the, every month, every year that you stay in it, I'm getting more of a return, which is making it e even easier to put the money away every month. First year, I, I will admit, it was a little bit difficult, kind of tightening my belt a little bit to make ends meet and knowing that I was doing something for my future. And you don't have to worry about how old you are on this either because they can, you can adjust a plan according to where a person is in their life and their availability of income. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've, I've done them on 70-year-olds plus, um, and I've done them on kids, you know, two years old. So, and the neat thing about them is you can do them you know, you can start them $100 a month. So you don't have to be rich to start them. Um, you know, you can start anywhere you want. And, and of that $100, you can borrow against it to pay other bills off when it clears, correct? Well, once it's in there, I mean, obviously, the other, the great thing about the infinite banking concept, one of the things I like about it, and the reason I started my company is called Patriots for Prosperity. One, I'm, I'm just a patriot. I love the Constitution. I love my country. And then... Prosperity is not all about money. It's about health, wealth. You know, it's all of it. Prosperity is a, a holistic view, yeah. right? That's how I look at it. it. You know, a lot of times people make it all about money. It's not just about money. Um, and then I, I call what I call the infinite banking system is the liberty asset. And the reason I call it the liberty asset, so I've, I'm trademarking that as a, as a name for it, um, because it's just a concept. That's the thing you got to remember. This isn't a product. It's a concept. Yes. It's an idea of taking the banking function away from the banks and recapturing that function and putting it in your own life. Because the banks are taking your money and, and giving out to other people and getting a return on your money. And you have no control of who they give it to and what their, of course not. their goals are. And, 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 yeah, so you 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 want to take over that function and recapture um, the losses that the bank's taken from you. They're they're using your money, making money. Why wouldn't you want to use it to make money? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because they certainly make more off of your money than you make off the money that you oh, get yeah. interest for in your savings account or anything like that. They, you know, they they're using it. They're giving it to other people. 
they're getting a way better interest rate than you're getting in interest for the money that you're making, like I said, in your savings account. Right. So you may as well just quote, be your own banker. Right. Well, and it's, and it's, it's control, right? You got to, you want to take control of the money in your life and control of back to, you know, the expenses you have and that you're, you're kicking out is you want to know, um, you know, be able to, to, because it's not about what you make. It's about what um, you keep, right? So we're always focusing on and chasing returns. The industry, the world teaches us to chase returns. So let me, yeah. So Pamela asked, you know, first off, I had a question a little while ago that asked her credit union safer than banks, you know, for, because I mean, a lot of people are freaked out right now. They're keeping their money in there. And if the banks collapse, you know what I'm saying? Obviously there's a little bit of an insurance that'll cover a certain amount. That's if the economy doesn't completely go flat. Right. Um, you know, so are credit unions safer than banks? First question. Um, I depends on the credit union, I would say, but I, I would say I, I have, that's where I have my money. Yeah. I use a credit union. Local credit unions, especially yeah. like if they don't yeah. have like, you like the nationwide ones, but like say a small town, Kentucky credit union, obviously yeah. they're going to take care of you a little better than the banks are like, sorry. Um, and then typically, I mean, they just, they still are doing the same thing. Though. The money's not there. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, it's not like they're holding on to your capital and you're just hoping that, you know, a small credit union has a better heart and compassion <laughs> than the bankers that don't. Right. Yes. Right. So Pamela asked, um, how are you getting a return on your investment? Well, first it's, you gotta, if, if she's, Pamela, if you're talking about investment um, on the policy itself, because what we use is a uh, dividend paying mutual whole, whole life insurance contract is how is what we uh, use to store the cash in. Those policies will grow tax free at between right now, three and a half to four percent. Right. That's tax free. So that's a guaranteed um, they're actually paying guaranteed 3% plus you get dividends on top of that. Um, so, and, and the thing is these companies, the companies we use are, are very specific kind of company. You can't get this from your average insurance guy out there. They got a, it's a mutual life insurance carrier and there's only a handful of those left in the country. Um, what that means is there's two types of companies. You got mutual companies. Mutual companies are owned by the policyholders. Yeah. They do not sell stock, they're private. So BlackRock <laughs> is not investing in this insurance company because they can't, right? The only way you can invest in the company is to own a whole life contract with that, with that carrier. Yeah. Okay. Secondly, there's a stock company. Those are the ones that sell stock and BlackRock is investing in them or whoever. So you're supporting the beast at that point when you do business with them. Um, so that's the two types of company. We use mutual companies. Um, you're getting a, like I said, three and a half to 4% rate of return tax free and it's liquid and it's, you can access it tax free. The death benefit comes to you tax free. Um, you know, it's, Pass and if you children, yeah. And, and I have a calculator that we run for clients to compare to, you know, other investments because, but you got to remember, this isn't an investment. You got to look at it. 
if you were truly going to compare apples to apples, you'd be comparing it to your savings account. Yeah. Because it's as safe and as liquid as that. Right? And, yeah, exactly. So, so off kilter, um, Matt asked, uh, where do you go to start doing this infinite bacon? And you would go to talk to someone like yourself. Correct. Yes. There's, there's advisors around the country. Um, I mean, if you go and look it up, you can, there's lots of videos out there. You can go to my website, patriotsforprosperity.com or um, thelibertyasset.com. Either one of those will get you there. Um, there's some videos. If you actually go to thelibertyasset.com, there's some videos there that you can watch that kind of walks through policies, how they work, teaches us some stuff about them there. Um, and then you can just click on the schedule appointment on the website and, you know, schedule some time with me and, and we can go deeper into answering questions on how it works. Um, so those are all great questions. And, you know, that's, so that's, they're easy to set up. You do have to qualify, right? Medically, yeah. because you are getting an insurance policy. So you gotta be healthy enough to get one. Um, but once you get them set up, it's, it's all about, building a warehouse of wealth. And then it is important to understand the reason, one of the things I like about these is it's not about spending, you know, going into debt. Yeah. Right. You can't spend money out of your policy you don't have. Yeah. So you may have a 200,000 or $2 million death benefit, but the money that is available for you to use is the money you put in just like your savings account. Right now, for somebody who might be older and might not be in the best of health, how would they start this if they can't put one on themselves because they can't qualify? Well, if they can't put it on themselves, because because even if you if you're not healthy, as long as you can qualify for the insurance, you can still do it. Right. And and, and I don't want to get into the deep details because you would just get less life insurance. Okay. You'd be spending the same as the healthy guy. But instead of the healthy guy is going to get, say, two million, you're only going to get half a million same expense. So the same expense against your contract. So that's part of it. Um, the other way, if you cannot qualify at all, then I often have people put them on their kids, um, adult or children, uh, put them on your spouse. And, and as you start to understand this concept, you'll actually like, I have a lot of clients who have them on the husband and the wife, they have them on all their kids because it's about building generational wealth. This isn't also about just today. And that's why one of the books I mentioned was what would the Rockefellers do that talks about the Rockefellers and how they built their amassed their wealth. Yeah. And while I'm not a fan of the Rockefellers <laughs> for, a lot, for a lot of reasons, <laughs> but you know, how do we learn finances is we, we go watch people who are good at it right? They were successful. And that's what they do. All the successful people, you know, I can guarantee you Warren Buffett's not putting money in a 401k. Okay. You know, and it's, and, and when you, so you want to find out what they're doing and that's what the Rockefellers do when they have a baby, right? When a child's born into the Rockefeller family, the first thing they do is put one of these policies on them. And they start filling it with cash. That cash is able to be used throughout the lifetime of the child through the lifetime of the family, because the family owns it, the child is the insured, they can use the cash. And then eventually that child grows up, dies, you know, right? His whole lifetime spends off that policy, dies, all the money brought is brought back, plus some, the death benefit all comes back to the 
to the trust, the, the Rockefeller Trust, and replenishes the family to continue the legacy. Wow. So it's it's actually, you know, it's just keeping the money in your family circle versus sending it out into the world economy. For the world to use and lose. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's, there's a lot of things, I mean, in, in you know, to give you some examples, you know, because I, I, everybody, you know, a lot of people are familiar with IRAs, 401ks. Yeah, a lot of people. Right? And the question you got to ask yourself is, and the first question you want to ask yourself when you do one of those is, you know, do you think taxes are going up or going down? Are the taxes are going up? They'll, they'll push them up anytime they can. Yes, they will. Yeah. And part of the lies that the industry tells, and I was just reading an article on financial you know, retirement, retire successful or something like that. Cause I, I still read that kind of stuff <laughs> to see what they're saying. And they said, you know, make sure you take advantage of the tax deductions of putting money in your 401k or your IRA or Keo or, so I call it, they're called qualified plans. Anything that's a qualified plan falls into that arena. Okay. It's not a tax deduction. They call it that your CPA will call it, tell you to do an IRA, you can get the deduction. Okay. That's, that's not true. Words matter. It's what you're doing is you're postponing the tax, right? And the only reason you, they're giving you the ability to postpone the tax is because you're not taking constructive receipt of the money. So that means who has the money? The government does. The government does. Look on your statement, your 401k statement, your IRA statement, doesn't matter. There's three letters in front of your name. FBO stands for for the benefit of they're holding your money as their money for your benefit yeah i think it became future. a legal way for the government to do it like wall street they wasn't allowed to do it before well here you guys are familiar with cloud cloud Cla schwab no cloud and piven Cloud and never, never heard of them no you, you not heard of that that's the the playbook for um communism okay so that's you probably heard of the problem solution. Yes. yes. That's where that comes from. Okay. So that's what our government does, right? Creates a problem, an illegal. And then the same one who creates the problem comes up with the solution and the reaction. Yes. Yeah. Taxes. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. We're going to take taxes out of your account, but guess what? Hey, we, we know you don't, that's <laughs> painful and it's illegal, but that's another story where it's painful and we're going to give you a solution. Yes. Here, we'll give you an account where you can put your money and we'll hold it for you and you won't have to. And, and then they they literally say it. You hear it all the time, you know, tax deduction, you know, reduce your taxes. They'd say it in all these different ways. It's like it does none of those things. All it does was postpone the tax to a future date and a future rate. So you don't get to go, OK, I want to postpone the tax till tomorrow at today's rate. It's like, no, you could you postpone the tax. We'll decide the rate tomorrow. And right? the amount is a lot bigger that they can tax it. Well, it's going to be whatever they tell you. So the only way that plan works is to be broke or to be making less money when you retire or become 65 and, and you can take it out. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and, and the fact that you take a 20 year old starting work and he's going to lock his money up to the age of 65. In the state penitentiary? 
I think that's a lot of things the that people don't understand is that when they put their money in these plans, they have no access to it anymore. So they cannot use it for investments or for building wealth and uh, like for opportunities, opportunities that come along that would generate a much bigger return because they can't touch it anymore without taking a huge penalty. Right. The greatest need in a person's life is what? God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's that is so true. The second best. <laughs> the second most, you know, what second? Money. Yeah. I need I need money for something. Health and money, yeah. I need well, health is, you know, there's a great saying I love, and that's why invest in yourself. I'm back to that. You know, take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Take care of your health because um, you know, a man with his health has many dreams. A man without has but one, mm -hmm. is, is the saying. Mm. Um, so, yes, but it's, you know, where was I? What were you <laughs> Putting it in prison. Put it in the money. Oh, yeah. You, you, so you're going to lock your money up for, you know, 35, 40 years. Um, the, so the greatest need you have, that's where I was, is the need of, of cash, right? To buy a car. What if I need to buy a car? I can't use my 401k. Now, of course, because it created that problem, they do offer some solutions within the 401k to borrow from the 401k, but that's even gets worse. Yeah. It just keeps getting worse, right? You're compounding the problem. So if I put my money into a plan where I have access and I can use it throughout my lifetime um, to not go to the bank and borrow money from them to buy my car, but to use, you know, basically leverage my policy because, and, and this is where it gets, you know, people can get sideways on this too, because it's like, why would I borrow my own money, hmm. right? Out of my policy. And it's because the reason is, is like, you can leverage it. The, you know, here's, here's the thing that they teach, right? Is the compound interest. I it's, love that trick where you take a penny and double it every day. Yeah, you give, I, I forgot, I have my a cheat sheet with the numbers, but if you take pen, penny a day and double it every day, you end up with how much money? It was over a couple million dollars, I believe. Five five million three hundred thousand in thirty days. In thirty days, right. So the question is always the trick question: is if I offered you a million dollars or a penny a day and double it every day for thirty days, which would you take? Most people take the million bucks. All right. So you do that turns into five point three million. Now, if I take just three days out of that, and 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 just get a zero. So this is the stock market, right? This is where they, the industry tells us, hey, the stock market averages 12%, 10%. Pick a time period. You know, they're going to give you this great average that you make. Average is an actual rate of return. It's not the what you actually get. And this is when I found this out dealing with my clients that they're averaging 8 10 12%, but that's not what they were getting on their balance sheet. Okay? So the way this works is if you take that penny a day and double it every day, but in day five, day five, you get a zero. You don't get, it doesn't double, right? We won't even talk about a loss, like a stock market loss. We'll just call it a zero. So in day five, you get a zero. In day uh, 10, you get a zero. Day 15, you get a zero. How much money are you going to have at the end of that? Same 30 days, right? Double it every day. All we did was get three zeros throughout the period. And then um, you doubled it the rest of those days. Yep. Yeah. How much do you get at the end? I'm not sure, actually. I've never heard that one before. 670000 That's a lot less than the $5 million. 
lot less. Wow. But but that makes sense, right? Let's yeah. let's do the average stock market. So here's an example of average. Um, if if I told you I had an investment that averaged twenty five percent rate of return, yen. Sounds good. Yeah, most people are going to jump on that, right? Yeah. Average is twenty five percent rate of return. So you bring me a hundred thousand dollars, and I say I go out first year and I get hundred percent rate of return. Double your money. Got two hundred thousand bucks. You're loving me, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we won't talk about the taxes and the fees that, that happened yeah. along with that, but um, I'm loving myself pretty too because I'm pretty proud of myself. I got your hundred percent rate of return. The second year, I'm out having fun, goofing off, and golfing, and 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 you have a 50% loss. You're back to square one. You, you go back to $100,000. You're now back to $100,000, correct? Yeah. So I got 100% rate of return first year, 50%, negative yeah, 50 second year, right? Interesting thing to note here, your money goes backwards, goes backwards twice as fast as it goes forward. Only takes a 50% loss to lose all my money or 100% gain but, took to get it. But the thing is, like you said, the difference between the savings and the investment is it savings, you, you're not going to lose what you put in originally, where an investment, you can lose the money that you put in originally. Absolutely. Yeah. Risk. Yeah. And we'll talk about risk in just a second. All right. So real quick, off kilter, ask, what's a penny? Those are the things that you throw away. <laughs> you glue them to the sidewalk. Yeah. Are they, are they st the things that sit at the bottom of your cup holder and get all sticky in your car. Yeah, they're stuck to the and, bottom of your ashtray. And uh, Steve Cusick asks, okay, and this is a good question. How can insurance company go bankrupt when they owe you money and still want you to pay the premium? I'm not sure if I understand. How can an insurance company? Yeah, because like, okay, so you put money into an insurance company and the insurance company goes bankrupt and you, you know, you ultimately end up losing because they're not going to pay you out because they're gone. They're, they're a bankrupt company. Well, can you name a company that's done that? I cannot. I'm just reading a question. Right. Yeah, so. Because in the life insurance business, and that's why I don't do, I don't deal with other, any other insurance. I don't do anything but life insurance. So life insurance business, there's never been in, in uh, there's uh, been companies that have failed. UPC. Okay, U, UPC. Okay. So now I get where he's talking about. So if I'm, if I'm correct, Steve Cusick, um, he lives in an area that's a high hurricane area and he is still waiting on his insurance gotcha. settlement property and casualty. from property and casualty that took place maybe a couple of years ago because of insurance or, or excuse me, hurricane damage that he's still waiting for. I guess the company may have just dropped and, and he's, yeah. Great question. I, I don't have an answer for that because I don't do property and casualty and, and I, know I who wish does. I could help you there. I know who does Steve Cusick and I will ask the Conley. Yeah, because yeah. the Conley has those answers. Because that's and that's why I wouldn't recommend using a life insurance company that also offers property and casualty insurance. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. There's some companies that are strictly like a mutual life insurance company. Yeah, that's that all they require by law to keep so much on hand to cover everybody's loss if everybody died. Yes, they have the assets are either in cash or in real estate or in, but mostly in cash and bonds. You know, and they're required by law to keep that. So if every policyholder had died, they could pay it out. That's correct. They have, they have their reserves are, you know, very high. So the bank's reserves are technically ten percent, even though they're about one percent right now. Um, of your money is in the bank. So sorry, can't help with that question, but 
Um, so back to my example of the average rate of return. Third year, I get back to work because you come to me and go, what the heck, man, this ain't working. I get back to work, 100% rate of return second year, right? So you keep track of the numbers, got 100, a minus 50, and 100% rate of return. Fourth year, I have right back to where he was the second year, 50% loss, bam, you're back to what, 100,000? Not counting fees and expenses, you're probably even less. But that being said, you come back to me and go, okay, I'm out. Dave, I'm done. You told me I was gonna average 25% rate of return, I'm out. And I say, well, okay, well, wait a minute, let's do the math. I got 100, a negative 50. 50. 100 plus. Okay, that's 150. Yep, negative 50. That is uh, 100. 100, divide by four years. 25%. You did in fact get a positive 25% rate of return by the math. But you got zero gain. You got, you probably got a loss because you paid taxes and stuff wow. while you were. So that's average versus actual. That's what the market sells you every day. That's what Dave Ramsey sells. You know, that's one of the things that I that's do disagree with. That's matter because the average rate of return is not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Can you hear me when I'm, I know that I've been speaking. No, we can hear you fine. Okay, I'll good. let you know. Uh, Skin the Game asked a cool quick question as well. Um, he's asked a couple and I just haven't been able to catch up. So he asked, how sound is FDIC insured? It's as sound as your tax. That's us. Yeah. That's, we're the one paying it. Actually, I think that I've listened to a few. Uh, 250000 by the way, is what they. They can guarantee it. They'll guarantee. And I've listened to a couple other financial advisors and they dig into that a little bit. They say they actually are not able to cover everything. No, see, and that's, they're not even close. Yeah. And that's yeah. one thing that I've been saying, you know, cause you know, there's a reason that I had, you know, um, Nathan come on tonight with Dave because, um, I am the last guy you want to ask for anything financial. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm here learning. And that's one right. thing I love about this is bringing people onto where I can learn as well. Um, Nathan understands this a whole lot better than I do. Um, but as far as the banks are concerned, yeah, most banks will cover, they say they can cover up to $250,000. Right. And, you know, that's why I always encourage everybody at the very least, the very least you want to do, I don't know how this is going to work, is if you've got more than that in one account, move them around. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's a strategy you, you can do. Yeah. So that you, it, you know, Absolutely. So, so say you've got, you know, a million or say you've got like um five hundred thousand dollars and you'd want to move those between two accounts at the very least two different banks two, two different <laughs> banks two different banks right. so that each one is going to assure ensure the two that 250 which exactly. is the federal government right that does not have the funds they spent it all on ukraine <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah actually probably first went to ukraine but i mean what was that first bank in uh san francisco um, oh, I heard, yeah, they, um not the Silicon Valley Bank. Silicon Valley Bank. Silicon, okay, Silicon yes. Valley Bank. That one, you know, they bailed that one out because they they didn't have the money to bail that out, right? But they did it because guess who was all the the people who had money in that bank? All the techies. The all Silicon the Valley yeah. all the liberal techies that you know are Nancy Pelosi's friends, and I mean they were livid and said you better back us up, and they they backed up everything. They backed it up a hundred percent. Hundred percent. They actually, and they said, if you, if you read some of the stories, we, we're not going to do this to other banks. We're going to have to look at bank by bank and see who we cover and who we can't. And it probably depends on who's who in the bank and who owns that money, who has money in the bank and whether they're connected to somebody in Congress. That's, that's how you're going to you get know, the funds. Or, I mean, eventually, you know, it's, it could very well be that, you know, that's how they try and bring us over to the 
digital currency. See, and that's another thing too that we got to keep in mind, you know, is the digital currency because there's a point like what is what is the dollar bill worth? It's basically worth the money it's printed on. Our systems no longer like they were hundreds of years ago that said literally this is worth this amount in gold or this amount in yeah, silver. silver. You can trade it in. Yeah. Instead, now it says this is for the debt to be paid to, you know, that kind of thing. So we got to remember is that the central bank system completely falls. You know, we've got to remember what's actually worth something. Yeah. You know, gold and silver will still be worth something at that point. But you, but if it stays crashed for three years, what's gold and silver going to be worth then? Because people are more interested at that point in seeds, food, tobacco, alcohol, you know, those, you know, yeah. uh, medical things, yeah. but, um, but right now I think, you know, honestly, one of the best investments is property, yeah. real estate, real estate. Absolutely. You know, it's the tradable <clears throat> items, freedom seeds. Yeah. <laughs> that just made me think of something. Money is not an asset. Money is a tool and you can't use a broken tool. Yeah. When the money system breaks, it's no good anymore. That's right. Exactly. So we got to, you know, also think ahead, you know, is to, a, remember where your treasure is really stored in heaven. Absolutely. And then, you know, that's the most important thing. The greatest treasure ever is that relationship with Christ and helping other people find that relationship. Um, but then what's going to help you survive? You know, that's kind of a big thing too. So right now in this system, you know, this infinite banking system that you're referring to is absolutely brilliant because it's a way where we become the bankers, where we can make money off of ourselves rather than loaning money or giving our money to someone else to loan out to somebody. We're right. cutting out the, the stupid government in the middle, man. Um, but, you know, we also have to remember, you know, what kind of uh, chaotic times that we're in right now, because we don't know what things are going to be like in a year. So if the central banking system collapses, even this system that we're talking about right now isn't going to be worth anything. Right. Potentially. Yeah. This is not a this, silver yeah. bullet. You, you, you don't, know. this isn't something, this is something that'll help your life out while this system still exists, yep. but it's nothing that you can lean on and rely on if, you know, poo hits the fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the safest place you can store us dollars. Exactly. Today that end of story. But yes, if the market crashes and the dollar goes away, I don't know. You know, we don't, there's a lot of conversations within, um, you know, the industry, what would happen? What would that look like? Would they exchange it for digital currency? Because, it, and it's, it would be the same thing that would happen to the dollars in the bank, right? I mean, and, and I think that's one of the, you know, things I, I can see them trying to do is that's how they do it, right? It's like, well, hey, guess what? Dollar crashed. You've got $100,000 in the bank. If you'll take the, if you'll get the ID card, right? the CBDC card that is identifies everything about you. We're going to give you a credit because we had a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. We're going to give you a credit of $50,000, mm -hmm. you know, so that you can now go buy food and, and you and then you're in the system. Yeah. But then you pulled into the system and that's the thing though, you know, and I'm, and I'm glad that we're, you know, talking about this too, is that, you know, we need to rely first and foremost. And I just, you know, on God, Amen. period. That's where it all begins. And that's where it all ends. Um, you know, it's good to be comfortable while we are down here, but we have to remember that, you know, at some point, let's say you've got a hundred million dollars sitting under your old lady mattress at home. You know what I'm saying? Right. If they go to a digital system, the fiber of that fabric is worthless. And if you guys go back and look at like, I'm going to use Venezuela as an example, when their economy went completely down and they were having rough times, what ended up happening? You were literally seeing money in the streets. Yeah. It was, it was worth 
Nothing. Toilet paper. Fire starter and toilet paper. Yeah. And I think that is one of the beauties of the, the whole life insurance policy. And again, we said it was not a silver bullet to, to cure everything, but they don't keep the money on hand like a, like a cash. They have to invest it in something that does have value, such as real estate. So even if the money, the dollar system does fail, it might take a little while for it to transfer over. But whatever the new currency becomes, whether it's gold, silver, that property still has value and can be sold for the new currency, the gold, the silver, to give back to the yeah, policy. But it could be, yes. It could be. I but mean, yes, because they hold assets, but a lot of those assets are cash. Okay. They own real estate. They usually don't own much stock, very small portion. But this is a, a short time. Short time. Yeah, a short time period. Because you got to remember, can gold and silver help sustain life? And it absolutely cannot. You can't eat you it. Can't you eat, can't yep. drink it. So it will not help you be healthy and survive. So, you know, so let's say, let's say the economy goes down for a couple of years. Theoretically, people are still going to be looking at gold and silver as something that's worth something. But it, it's only worth something because some dude sometime back in history said, exactly, like, what are you willing to pay for it? Now, you know, if I'm holding gold and silver in one hand, and keep in mind, this is two years into a crappy market, poo hits the fan, depression type thing. If I'm holding gold and silver in one hand and I'm holding wheat seeds and mustard seeds in another hand, which is going to be worth more? Right. And well, like you said, it's, it's what are you willing to pay for it? And at that point, there, there will be a point, depending on how long something lasts, where nobody cares about gold or silver anymore. That's where right. um, investing your own knowledge comes in handy too, because I will give you a little story on gold and silver. Um, one of the beauties of gold and silver that, yeah, even though it's a rare mineral that you can only get by mining out of the ground, it actually does have medicinal properties. Oh, yeah. Silver, there's a, there's, well, silver does. Silver certainly. does. Yes. Gold is a conductor. It conducts electricity, which can be yep. used to make those. Yeah, but, but in a poo hits the fan situation where we're lacking this kind of stuff, let's let's say a solar flare or an EMP. Let's just right, use EMP. that as a theoretical yep. example. And everything shuts off. Like I said, right then and there, gold loses a lot of its uh, like value, yes. value immediately of, unless you're one of those people that likes to wear pretty things you know like or you're an the, artist that can create get you killed in, about that time exactly <laughs> or an artist that can use it to create you know silver on the other hand um can be used for a lot of different things right. it can be used silver colloidals it can be used for um antibiotics because silver in your system literally yeah, makes an, all the vi you know, any kind of anything and a healthy you know what i'm saying it actually has some additional value yeah the, the electronic value the electronical properties i think to it help negate um certain channels within viruses that allow them to reproduce so they can't reproduce inside your body anymore yeah yes it's just a layman's well and, I, and that's why i'm a big believer in silver and that's why i'm a big believer in land and that's you know uh news flash that's why i moved to kentucky <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's why i moved to kentucky you know, i mean it was a get out of the city get some land, get my own food growing, get, you know, I got chickens, we're working on other animals. And, you know, it, because that's my back, that's my poo hits a fan plan. Mm -hmm. Even though I got this other stuff, it becomes worthless. And for everyone, and right? We'll all be on equal footing. Our chickens are literally laying gold. And <laughs> right. I, I don't mean that literally, I mean that metaphorically, but what is an egg going to be worth when no one can eat? That's right. You know what I'm saying so that, you know, so that's the thing right now. Well, and like, then, you know, and then you go down that trail and it's like lead, 
You know, you better have some lead to protect your gold in the chicken coop because they're <laughs> going to be coming to get your, you know. So it's and blue roofs. Don't forget blue, the blue, blue roofs. roofs. <laughs> blue <laughs> roofs. Yeah. In the game, um, you said your mother swears by her silver water. It's actually funny. The thing I heard about the silver was they used to use the silver dollars to keep milk from turning rancid for a lot longer period. Yeah, they would throw a silver dollar in the bottom of the milk jug to keep huh. it from turning. Yeah, and silver water. I, I actually, um, you know. I, I thought ahead, you know, you're, you know, how are you going to get hold of antibiotics and things like that that you may need for health purposes? I got a bunch of the silver colloidal. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? As my backup because it does work. Cinnamons, you know, all these little things all you don't think about. start learning that stuff. Yeah, I'll be getting Everclear, but it won't be to drink. You know what I'm saying? Right. It'll be to <laughs> dump on an open wound. Yep. Um, yeah. As a medicinal. Exactly. So, you know, right now, um, ultimately, like you said at the very beginning, First, you pay yourself, but it doesn't necessarily need to be financial. It means thinking ahead Gosh, and taking care of yourself. Taking care of yourself and learn. Turn off the the programming. Go to YouTube while you have it and learn everything you can. Absolutely. That's one thing that I started doing. And practice and try and, it. See, that's one thing too. The last thing, okay, survival tip 101. The last thing you want to do is have to learn survival tips while you're trying to survive <laughs> because you're tired. Your brain's not working. Oh, yeah. You're hungry. It's too late. Yeah. It's, it's too late at that point. You know, what I've also been doing is, um, I've been taking a lot of like video, like survival hints on chickens, you know, all this stuff. I will save a YouTube video into a file and I keep one computer in a Faraday type of thing. So if I have to access it, as long as I have energy, you know, and I also have this little solar things just, just in case right. for that purpose alone is it's, it's good to go back in something, but the last thing you want to do, and I'm going to use ham radio as the greatest example. The last thing you want to do is figure out how to use a ham radio when you need to use a ham radio. Amen. You know, and I got so, one of those. Can you help me use it? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I want to get my license. I'm not registered. My... So, uh, sorry, people that are listening with the three-letter agencies. But, <laughs> <laughs> but at that point, when I'm using it, I'm not going to care what you think because right. you're already going to come after me anyway. So, <laughs> just give you another reason. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's be prepared for everything and, and it's um you know learn and show yourself you know the scriptures is a good example mm -hmm. you know go in there and learn everything's in there it's the same story told over and over again yeah. and if we can go in there and and you know that's where we get our strength like you said that's where we're going to have the ability and faith to know that we can survive and help others survive in a grid down situation, you know, the China, the next China virus that hits the computers instead of the, um, see, and that's another thing too, is that, you know, knowledge, well, first off you need wisdom. You don't want, you don't want knowledge without wisdom because then and you, that's you what the up, yeah, exactly. Then you end up doing stupid stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, wisdom allows you to take that knowledge and use it in a good way. But honestly, it's one of the most valuable things that we have on this earth is to be able to have some kind of knowledge on how to do things in order to help others when they get in that situation. That's the only thing they can't take yeah. away from you. Because yeah, they exactly they can't take away. It kind of goes back to what I always say about the old Scots. You know, people are like, "Well, where's the written stuff?" And I'm like, "The Scots knew the English would burn the books. So what did they do? They passed <laughs> everything down verbally from generation to generation, and you literally had to remove them from the earth in order to remove what they knew. And the yeah. Scots understood this well." So there's no, it's like, you know, it's, it's like this with somebody, I think Matt and head says it often. It's like 
what where would you rather have the bible or would you rather have that bible inscribed and written into your heart Amen. because they're going to have to remove you in order to remove that wisdom and that knowledge where the bible can be burned in an instant and trust me that day is coming yeah. oh, that yeah. day is coming but you know what they burn you and you end up in heaven and you don't need that anymore because you're going to be in the infinite knowledge. <laughs> Hallelujah. Situation, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's one of the things that I enjoy with the fellow patriots that I've come to know and to connect with is I don't know everything. None of us do. No. But a lot of us have had our own little niches that we really focus on and we just share that with everybody else who around us when they need it. Yep. I'm the most brilliant man in the world because I admit that I know nothing. Nothing. And that is what keeps you learning. That's uh, amen. You know, the, it's, it, that's why you don't retire. That's why you never yeah. stop. Well, see, that's another thing too. I was going to say earlier, you know, and after we get done with this, we'll, we'll get into prayer. I'm going to show what my quick, didn't it? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's one thing, you know, is that we have to remember is that, you know, the moment you say you've mastered something, you have now limited any personable growth. The moment that you stop doing things, the brain is a muscle. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You need to work it out or you, or you get mental atrophy. So if you notice the people that quote retire, they're the ones that, that seem to go downhill a little bit quicker. They actually just study and prove that. Yeah. But if you see like the old man out in his garage at 90 years old, working on his car still, why do you think he's still able to do that? Is because a, he doesn't stop. He, he doesn't let his body atrophy. He doesn't let his brain atrophy. He doesn't let his heart atrophy. And that's, you know, another thing too is the worst atrophy of all is spiritual atrophy. That's Amen. why you don't stop reading scripture. That's why you don't stop talking about God. Much, it continually brings new light to your life, right? Yes. I mean, you, every time I read it, I'm like, I, did I, I thought I read that verse before. I didn't get that last time. See, that's the great thing. It doesn't matter how many times you read a verse. There'll be something that you pick up that you Amen. didn't pick up before. Um, you know, real quick before we go into prayer, and, let, and I'll, I'll let you speak, you know, kind of round things off before we go into prayer. All right. But my brother, Jeff, you guys love Jeff. I love Jeff. Um, Jeff and I had a conversation the other day and, and I was just explaining to him about, um, you know, my humbling experience. It's like, you know, here we went and we thought we were going to help this lady out with some heat and who ended up with the lessons, me and John an <laughs> appreciation for everything that we had and appreciate for someone else who appreciated what she had that some people would turn their noses up at that, you know, up at. And the thing is she had faith. She had a relationship with God. She had a roof over her head. She had food. And was as happy as could be. And, you know, I've seen people that are miserable because they don't own a Mercedes. Yeah. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? So what, Jeff, what did Jeff lead me to? Of course, Jeff is always there to give me the perfect scripture, the widow's offering. So I'm going to read this to you guys real quick. Widow's offering. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, and he watched the crowd putting their money into the simple, the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave um, out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. And this is the thing that makes you just really you know, put things into perspective is that is the millionaire who hands a hundred thousand dollars into the pot, helping out more or giving more or the poor lady who gave everything that she had 
to the cause. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And and that's the thing. That's what, we just need to remember that parable. Remember that to truly understand and appreciate that it's not about the amount that you give. It's about having faith and trust enough to give what you have, knowing that you're Amen. going to be taken care of in the long run. Amen. And I kind of wanted to round that out, you know, with this show tonight, because, you know, it, it was a big financial thing, but we also have to recall is that, you know, the man who tells it to, to um, ties a thousand dollars or the woman who ties $5, how much is it coming from out of what they actually have, you know? So, it, and it shows more faith by handing over what you have, um, knowing that God's going to have your back. Right. Amen. And, and the thing is, in, in the story also is you got those people, you know, it, when I've heard it told is they're putting in the big coins, you know, to make the big sound. Yes. And they're, you know, celebrating themselves, you know, holding themselves up and the crowds watching. Oh, yay. Look, he gave a lot. Mm -hmm. And then the little old lady comes up with a little tink. And God heard that as the loudest God. sound there was. Amen. You know, and, and it's, you know, and it's funny, too, because um, she gave the most the, the wealthy are the most likely to be the ones filming it and putting it up on TikTok. That's right. And that lady who only had five bucks that gave that five bucks did it without her name or her face even being a no. She just did it because it was right, not because she wanted other people to see the kindness. It only matters who sees that kindness is our Heavenly Father. Amen. And trust me, he was tearing up and, and, and smiling upon the woman that gave all she had. Here's something to think about, too. That lesson that Jesus was able to teach was because that woman was comfortable being in that. Or she was able to be in that poverty and still love God. And still love God. So that's and how we still exactly. walked up yeah. there. Still right? walked and up. And did it mm -hmm. in front of the whole crowd. And it's kind of how yep. we have to take this all. Like I, I look at it as I want to be good at managing what God gives me. But if he wants me to be poor, I'll be happy there too. Amen. When Paul says, that, you know, I can be happy with much and happy, happy with, with little. little. Yeah, and that's that. that's what it's all about, and that's what I love about Kentucky. There's a lot of those kind of people around here. You oh, know, the trust me, farmers yes. out there that, that are ninety give, years old working their butts off. Yep, and, and they would give you they would give you the shirt off their back. Yep. if you needed it more than they did. And they're not rich. They're driving no. an old pickup truck, and I can tell you from experience in the financial world, I had many a client, many a client that had put on a great show. You know, lived in the big house in the country club and drove the nice cars. And, and then you get into their finances and they're broke. Yeah, exactly. They lose their job. They're done in a, in, they don't got a year's worth of income to, you know, they're broke. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's I, was, show. I say too, is, you know, it's just like this. It's that, you know, good things come with bad things. Bad things can also bring you good things. You know, it just, it all depends on the perspective, the way that you perceive it, How the way you look at, at it. Because I tell you right now. Um, I know more people that have no money that have God in their heart that are as happy as can be Amen. compared to the wealthy man that doesn't have God in their heart and they are absolutely miserable and they won't be able to throw enough money to find happiness in their heart. Yeah. But so do you have anything that you want to say to round this off before we go to prayer? Um, you know, just this is a pretty complicated subject. I mean, it goes, there's a lot to it. Uh, it's simple, but it's a lot of moving parts. So if you want to hear more, uh, just, you know, go on my website. Like I said, check that out. PatriotsforProsperity.com. Um, schedule an appointment. Be happy to talk with you as long as you want. Give you examples, answer questions, you know, and, and it's not about setting up a policy. It's about helping you any way I can financially with any kind of advice. So I'm just uh, thankful to be able to share 
and be invited in here. I appreciate oh, my pleasure, you guys. Man. And, Absolutely. And love to come back again and Oh, dude, we'll talk come, about some other stuff. We'll, we'll bring you back over to dinner and talk about God more. <laughs> Dad, let's like do I said, that. What, what we ought to do this one night is have you both back in here um, and just do what we did out in the living room. We just carry on just random conversation about God going from subject oh, to subject to subject because it was so effortless. That's the great thing about conversation about God is that you speak with excitement, enthusiasm, and it just literally goes from one topic to the other. And all yep. of a sudden you're like, wow, man, we've already been talking. We gotta for get that show started. Yeah. <laughs> is that Patriots um, for Prosperity with a number four or spell out four? Uh, Patriots, the number four. Number Thank four. you for saying that. Or go to thelibertyasset.com. Um, and, and you can, that's another way. Either way. Awesome. And, you know, we'll make sure, you know, if it's okay with you, oh. if we put your information on our Kilted Christian, if they can reach out to you, you bet. about this stuff right here, that'd Anything. be amazing. Give me a call. I don't care, man. My phone's always open. You know, if I'm if I, not available, I'll give you a call back. Um, the other thing is, if, you, if you're interested, uh, shoot me an email to dave at patriots4prosperity.com, and I will send you a copy of a digital PDF copy of a book called how privatized banking really works. And it's, it's a book written by um, Carlos Laura and Bob Murphy from the Nelson Nash Institute. It explains banking. The thing I love about this particular book is it explains the whole situation we're in and how we got there, the history of banking. And then it explains the sound money solution, which is infinite banking, how it fits in. These guys aren't insurance guys, they're economists. In business, um, uh, Carlos is a business um, advisor. advisor. Okay. Yeah, and and so it's it's a great way. It's a little lengthier uh, than the, the other book, uh, "Become Your Own Banker" by Nelson Nash. That's a great one. And also, um, if you know, I can send out a list of books I would recommend just to read, to invest in yourself, to build knowledge, to start learning how things work, how the economy works, how how banks work. Because with knowledge becomes strength. With strength, you know, you be, you get victories. So. Awesome. So we'll get all that. We'll, we'll make sure to get your email. Then I'll let all you right. give them the phone number via email. The last thing I want to do is put out a phone number and then have everybody call. <laughs> um, so we'll put your email up. Um, we'll get a list of those books. You can send them over to Livin' and we'll get those up as well so you perfect, guys can perfect. check those out. Um, and then just make a quick comment before we go in the prayer. First off, Flightworks Mary of the official Godcast, you will be here in David's faith journey on January 5th. So yes. you'll be going on the Godcast, the official <laughs> yep. Godcast. And I want to give a shout out to that. We'll definitely be tuning in. Um, as well, a uh, little quick thing for Suski here, who says, honestly, I hated being broke. Hence, I worked harder. And I respect that so much because nothing, having having to work hard and figure out where money is going to go and then working harder, you don't appreciate what you have more than having to work hard for it. I'll tell you, Amen. Uh, you ask me, which job I felt better about between working for professional sports teams as a broadcast director or doing roofing or sheetrock, it was the construction work. Right. I came home, I sweat, I was covered in sawdust and, and sheetrock dust, but I never felt better because I worked hard for what I made. And then I was more cautious about where my money went because you work so hard for it. Yeah. You know, so I have mad respect for you, Suski, and that's the way that it is. 
you don't want to be broke. You just work a little harder. Just and work the, hard, man. If the liberals could figure that one out, they'd have jobs. Now, can I make a little comment to that as well? Yes. We all have physical bodies, and it's really important to remember that just working harder, sometimes you have to learn how to work smart so where you have your money and your assets working for you while you sleep. So that way you can get to the point where you can do what you love and not worry about damaging your body or having your body fail on you. Like, like Dave said earlier, you got injured, and if you don't have a backup plan, that working hard, you might not be able to do that anymore. You have to work with your mind and work with your other assets and work with God and work wherever your talents can go to. And that was my hope in bringing Dave here is that I love the patriots around me, the Christians around me. I want them to be able to work to where they prosper and not just work for somebody else and falter. Amen. Amen. And well said. And we'll definitely go do this again. You know, we'll, we'll have a little powwow about some, you know, scriptural stuff last night because that was a great conversation we had out in the living room too. But um, this was great education for me. That's one thing I love about this show is, you know, I don't claim to be authority or understand absolutely everything. I also utilize this platform as a way for myself to learn and you guys because I get to ask the dumb questions because, you know, like I said, this is one thing, finance, this is one thing that's always gone over my head. I'm not a math guy. Oddly enough, I come from a family of accountants. Um, <laughs> but um, No comment on accountants. <laughs> but I, I just want to thank both of you before we get into prayer. Um, thank you so much for coming on and having this discussion. Nathan as well, um, for having a great understanding and asking smart questions. <laughs> and then, you know, kind of leading on this conversation. Um, we'll get into some news tomorrow. But like I said, this filled up a hour and a half easily and... Like I said, I hope a lot of you got something out of this. Yeah, um, that's my main thing. I just want somebody to learn and grow and, you know, become better from it. Exactly. You know, and both Nathan and David will tell you the same thing. You know, this is all great the understanding of the finances and stuff on this earth, making things a little bit easier. But there's no greater treasure. There's no greater bank account than storing that religious, spiritual faith in God yeah. and uh, understanding that, you know, as long as you have that in your life, you're always going to have what you need. Not what you want necessarily, but what, you know, God will give you, God will take care of you, but he will always provide you with what you need. Amen. Always ask. So, uh, guys, if you guys uh, want to bow your heads, we will get into a little bit of prayer before we go. So everybody, please bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you again just for this platform where we can come on and have all these topics, you know, focusing on the scripture, focus on the little things that make things a little bit easier here on our lives while we're here. Because God, you know, he asked us to do on earth as we do in heaven. We have a job to do down here. And, you know, part of that is spreading out this information, coming less reliant on the tyranny of this world. Satan runs a lot of the governments around this world, the banking system, and he has this caught in this illusion. And we can break that, you know, yes. by taking care and helping ourselves. But it all comes first with you, Father. And I thank you so much for giving us this platform to come together and speak of these things. Father, I also ask that you be with um, Livin's family right now as they are taking a little journey, a little travel over to the East Coast. And things are really rough right there um, with floods, with snow and all kinds of stuff. So, Father, I ask that you protect them on their journey, help them get there safely and have a good time. Bring that electricity back on so that people can have their heat again and bless all those people that are in the midst of these floods and just father help them out of it help them find a, a shelter that's dry and uh clean things up dear lord the, the way that only you can but dear lord i also ask that you continue working on our lives in everything that we do dear lord let us never take anything for granted because you give us so much and so much of it we do 
turn our nose up and take for granted because we're just used to seeing these things every day. But breathing itself is a great gift that you've given us. And since we do it every day, we don't think twice that you are the one that grants us those breaths. But dear Lord, when we breathe, let us breathe in your name and breathe out your name, dear Lord. Let it be the thing that we go to first and foremost before anything else, because if we have that in our lives and that wisdom that you bring, it allows us to use the knowledge that's here on this earth in a way that's going to help us and benefit others as well. Dear Lord, let us always remember to be selfless, not selfish. Dear Lord, when we're trying to help ourselves, let us help someone else further. Let us never forget that helping others is helping ourselves because we are all the children of you. We are your children. We are here for the same reason. We're not in competition with each other. Our job right now, first and foremost, is to repent, to have that relationship with you, and to spread the gospel from nation to nation like you asked us, dear Lord. You gave the greatest sacrifice for us, and that was your life. Dear Lord, let us be willing to give what we have here, at the very least our time, But if our life needs to be given in service of you, dear Lord, let us not fear. Let us focus on the love, the mercy, the grace, and all those beautiful things that you bless us with, dear Lord. We have the free will to make the decisions, dear Lord. You didn't bombard us and force us to worship you, dear Lord. You gave us the chance and the option, which even brings more love and light into our hearts because we choose you, dear Lord. We choose that relationship with you, and I thank you. Thank you for the family and the friends that grow more and more every day, dear Lord. Not as Christians, but as followers of Christ. Dear Lord, I know that religion is nothing to you, but the relationship is everything, dear Lord. And you have given that relationship and that sacrifice on that cross, dear Lord, to assure that we had salvation. And I thank you, Father. So never never let us be willing to give any less than you gave. If we enter a battlefield one day in this great spiritual war, Let us be willing to take the bullet. Let us be willing to jump in front of that bullet to save someone else's life, dear Lord, because ultimately all we're doing is saving another one of your children. Dear Lord, let us let this army grow. Let us never forget to pray for our enemies and build our army, not destroy theirs, but build yours, dear Lord, because there's only one winner in this fight, and that is you. So, dear Lord, although it may seem like we are losing a couple of battles right now, we know how this war ends. And not only do you win, you defeat all evil forever in jesus christ's name i pray and in our heavenly father's name i pray amen amen well it's a blessing to have you both in here it was a phenomenal conversation um i look forward like i said i enjoyed the conversation pre-show we had out in the living room i enjoyed this conversation here um i just love this platform like i said this isn't our this is god's platform he's just given us so many from jay woo to nikki knight to Flight work, Mary, and on and on and on. Douglas and Dew coming up. I mean, there's so many people. I could just go on with names that God has just building this platform. He's he's like, you know what? Because like I said, Jesus didn't have a need to go into the church. What happened when he went into the church? He was flipping (laughs) tables going, what are you guys doing in here? Jesus went to the people. And that is what we need to do. We need to go to the people. You know, so when someone says, why are you hanging out with that person? They're a whore. Why are you hanging out with that person? They're a drug addict. I'll tell you why. Because they're the ones that need Jesus more than anybody in this world. And you're not going to find them in churches, but you may lead them to one. And that's the brilliance right here is that God has taken the enemy's platform of the internet and he's utilized it for himself. And it's a great thing because our church, you know, some days it has hundreds. Um, Overall, after a published church show, 
we get thousands, you know, we, we, um, hit numbers of 5,000 plus per episode. You know what I'm saying? It's not us hitting that it's right. God. It's God bringing and that's them in. the brilliance of it. You know what I'm saying? So it's not about whose show they go to. It's about you know, hopefully somebody finding a home somewhere at one of these many shows and finding a place where they can gather in their own church because the church isn't made of wood. Church is made of flesh. That's right. Amen. And so, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're thinking about starting a podcast soon yourself, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've been, the Lord's kind of had that on my heart for a while, and I'm not the technical guy to do it, but I, I'm I sitting See, this is one, perfect, because so. I can actually, instead of, you know, because I've been helping uh, Jay Wu and others on Zoom, um, or, or I get the phone call in the middle of their show going, hey, we're having a problem. And I've been <laughs> pretty good at figuring out the issue, because I've dealt with them all myself. But like I said, is that, you know, there was a time where I thought I was going to be working in entertainment. And that was what, that's what I was going to do. But then I realized that God was like, nope, I got other plans for you. And, and it's given me the ability to go out and, and help other people get their platforms and their shows built. And it's not me. It's God using me. I got to give Amen. all praise to God for, and the, you know, the credit. And it's the same thing with the video work. I thought I'd be making movies in Hollywood, but God was fortunate to give me the insight of how bad Hollywood was. So I turned my direction and the greatest thing that I've ever done for the for video production writing or any of that stuff i haven't made a dime off of Be, but i but i've gotten the great treasure ever and that's serving god you know what i'm saying that's so, what it's all about exactly so god will always humble you he will always redirect you if you're on that wrong path he's like that's not why i sent you to film school you know what i'm saying <laughs> he, he, he always sometimes it's a little uncomfortable for the moment but then you become really comfortable when you realize why god just altered your path well, our tribulations are where we learn. Hey, right? Like I said, you don't learn from winning, no. but you really learn from losing. You learn in the valleys. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I want to thank you once again. Phenomenal show. I want to thank everybody here. Um, you guys are awesome. Great questions. I wish I got into all of them, but I certainly appreciate the conversations that you have in here. Like I said, this is a phenomenal place, a way to gather, talk about God, the spirit, and just grow more faith and have a family that we're building every day because I haven't seen a day go by where prayers aren't reached out for and prayers aren't answered. Um, and I haven't seen anybody ever turn their back, especially right in here on anybody. There's never any judgment in here, guys. We are here for one another. And you don't help by judging people. You help by leading people to the Heavenly Father. That's right. So thank you all so much for watching Kilt or listening to Kilt the Christian episode 506 with Dave Gribble. We'll be back tomorrow in Nathan Mooney. We'll be back tomorrow for episode Kilt the Christian 507 with Dustin Nemos. So he's feeling a little bit better. Looking forward to coming back and having this conversation. We're going to be a really good conversation tomorrow about scripture and so forth. I always love to hear where, where Dustin takes this. But guys, have an absolutely beautiful rest of your night. Make sure to head on over to Peace Be Still. Uh, guys, I love you all very much. And I leave you with this. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early what so proudly we held at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming, and the rocket's red glare 
Have a beautiful rest of your night. Stay warm and have comfort in knowing that we know how this ends. That is God wins. So fear not, stress not. Let go of the anxiety. Keep in prayer. Pray, pray, pray. Hold that line. God will always have our backs, but we always have to have God's back. I love you all very, very much. I will see you tomorrow evening for Kilted Christian episode 507 with Dustin Nemos. In the meantime, just be safe, guys. We love you much and God bless.